All right, everyone. So welcome back to the third episode of the Strong Chicks Rock podcast. And today I am really excited because we have Emily with us today. She has been one of my clients for the past two years and almost two years, year and a half. We just talked about this before we started and I've already messed it up. So that's great. (laughs) Um, So she's with us today and she's going to share her journey of being a strong chick, what that has looked like for her. Um, And yeah, we're just going to dive right in. So Emily, thank you for being on the podcast today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Yes. Okay. So first, before we get into the questions that I told you we would talk about, I just remembered this as I was introducing you. Do you remember our conversation when you first reached out to me? Yes, I do. I was actually just thinking about that as I was um, preparing to talk with you today and just like how much has changed since that first initial email I sent to you. Um, I remember it so well because I actually remember talking to my dad and I was like, dad, this girl reached out to me. She wants to join Strong Chicks Rock, but she's like, I feel like I'm being interrogated. Like she wants to know so many things. Yeah. And I was like, I, I don't know if she actually wants to work with me. Like, is this a test? Has someone sent her to like evaluate my skills? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I asked you so many questions and that's like one of the things I remember so well, um, is, I was just like so unsure about doing something online and like with someone that I couldn't see and I just felt so badly because I just kept sending you questions and I just remember so vividly you actually I think I apologized at one point for asking you so many (laughs) questions and you said no like thank you so much for asking me these questions it means that you're really dedicated and I was like oh my gosh she said thank you for asking me like I'm sold I have to work with her she you were just so patient with me and I just remember like you I felt so bad afterwards because I just kept asking questions I, I remember more of it now. I remember that because I at first I remember almost being like, I'm like, she doesn't even want to work with me. This is a test. She's been sent like, I don't know who sent her, but like, and, and then I was like, but then it like made me switch my perspective because working online, I do have a lot of people who are just like, click, want to work with you. And I'm like, but wait, don't you want to know who I am? And so like looking back at it now, I am so thankful that you asked so many questions and it did show me that you were like, yes, like I want to make sure my body is in the right hands. And just knowing that like we were a mesh from the beginning. Uh, I think that's super awesome. Yeah. I'm looking at our email right now, actually <laughs> 22 emails. back. And oh forth. my gosh. Like, yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> that was a long time. I'm so glad that you, I mean, here we are now and there's a podcast. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's awesome. That kind of leads me into a question that wasn't what we talked about either. Um, Strong Chicks Rock has kind of gone in different directions since you started and you have supported the whole entire time. Like no matter what, no matter what like book I decided to write or hiatus I decided to go on, you're just like, I'm there ready to rock and roll. So thank you. Well, thank you. It's been just so awesome to see the way SCR has grown and you've grown and I've grown over the past year and a half. It's just been such an awesome part of my life. So thank you for doing what you do. Of course. Well, that's why we're here to talk about your life. So I want to start beginning each podcast with asking everybody the same question. One of my favorite women who have a podcast, she does this. She asks every woman, what does, um, 
what do you love about being a woman? And so I wanted to kind of take that and turn it into something that I can use for strong chicks rock. And so I want to ask you, what does being a strong chick mean to you? That is a great question. Um, I think being a strong chick to me really means knowing yourself. So being strong in who you are and standing firm in who you are and what you believe in. And I think um, when I first started, I would have said, oh, it means like lifting heavy weights and being strong physically. But um, I think through our time together, I've grown so much in my like emotional strength and um, as well as physical strength, of course. But I think my kind of mindset from about what a strong chick is has changed so much to um, just knowing yourself and being strong and confident in who you are um, in all aspects of your life. That's amazing. Do you feel like, you know, um, coming into Strong Chicks Rock, did you think that was the kind of transformation that you were going to have? No, not at all. I remember I, um, so a little bit of background, I just had hip surgery, as you know, um, Rachel, but I had just had hip surgery a few months before, and I was looking for some way to start working out um again I the recovery was really slow going and I was in pain a lot of the time but I was someone who had always enjoyed working out and I was like I just need something different and so you know that something different was something that was going to help me like lose the weight that I had gained um during my recovery period and during the time when I was injured before my surgery so that was really the transformation that I wanted that brought me to strong chick strong chicks rock in the first place Um, and then like, you know, you and I have touched on just a completely different kind of transformation since what I, you know, started thinking was going to be the case. That's like, I, I will always go back to your transformation. I mean, to know through 22 emails, like what we had to do to be able to work together (laughs) and that you wanted, you like, I want to lose weight. Um, and to know that like the transformation that you've had, just going from kind of like being resistant to what Strong Six Rock had to offer and how it was different than other programs. And then just, just see you be, you are like, um, so in Strong Six Rock, we have a private accountability group that's limited to like our members so they can communicate with each other. And Emily um, quickly grew to be the first person to respond if someone was having a bad day, if someone didn't know how to practice self-love. She was like, this is how you do it. Um, giving like, no BS advice to help other women and that will like always stick out in my head forever just that that's the kind of transformation that you've had it's been so amazing honestly every day I'm like oh my gosh like thinking back to where I started it's just crazy to think about because now it's just such a normal part of my life I mean and I hope it only continues to grow from here um let's see so You had a big year from graduating to landing your first job. What are some struggles you faced with self-care and movement and nutrition? Just kind of walk us through um, that going from college, like being this crazy busy college person to now being a crazy busy person moving across the world. Yeah, so I graduated in May and I remember thinking um, like, wow, I am so busy in college and you know, like making time to work out was definitely a priority for me and trying to navigate that. But I started um, my first, you know, like real adult job, I guess you call it this summer and just completely different kind of busy. And um, really, my time wasn't as flexible as it was in college. You know, I 
I can't pick the hours that I work anymore. I can't um, only have classes on certain days of the week, things like that. So figuring out how to balance my time with the things that are important to me was probably and still continues to be one of my biggest struggles. So I don't have really just chunks of two hours in the day where I can make my way to the gym and get in an hour, hour and a half long workout and really, come home really and just around and things like that, which is something that used to be a part of, um, part of my routine. So yeah. I've really worked on trying to find ways to, um, do the things that are important to me and the, do the things that honor my body. Um, and you've, I know that we've had conversations about this recently where I'm like, right now I need 15 minute workouts and yeah. that has not always been the case but it's something that um when you're able to see the kind of change that you have in your day um I can tell you know on the days that I move my roommate now she's like I know when Emily's worked out because she's a completely different person because movement is something that just is so important to me she can tell a change in my mood when I do it and when I don't so knowing that it impacts me so much means that I know I have to make it a priority and whether or not that's an hour or whether or not right now it's 15 minutes. Um, it's being able to kind of figure out where I can get it in and how it's going to play a role in my life. And that's not always going to be the same. And I think that that's probably hard, um, for everyone when they make a life adjustment, it's like, Oh, I can't spend 30, 45 minutes every night preparing meals for the next two days. Okay. But my priority is still to fuel my body well and um, to eat nutritious food. So how am I going to change that to make sure it's still part of my life? So that's something that, you know, it's an everyday kind of struggle. I'm still trying to figure it out. And I travel a lot for my job, so that looks different. And um, But it's just knowing, it's bringing myself back to the reason that I want these things to be a priority. And when I think about the reasons that I need them and want them to be a priority, then it's easier for me to find ways to make it happen. I love that. And I wrote down a little nugget that you wrote that, um, you know, if you can't, if you don't have that 45 you know, minutes to prepare your meals, but you still want to do something, um, I think that having that mindset is, is so beautiful because it's so outside of what diet world tells you and what everything else tells you that you have to be this extremist and you have to prep your meals and you have to do all of these things. But at the end of the day, like such a beautiful nugget that you want to honor your body and take care of it and love it. And even though you can't spend 30 to 45 minutes, that's totally fine. You still want to do something. And that something is better than than just saying, well, screw it. I'm going to like double fist ho-hos and pizza, you know? So <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I love that. I love that. Um, while we're on that subject, what is, you know, I talk a lot about honoring your body through food movement and self-love. And, and you kind of hit on that, but I want to dive into that a little bit more. What does that really mean to you? What is honoring your body through food movement and self-love? If you just want to give like a couple nuggets on each of them. Yeah, so food, I think, um, and I'm just, like, continuing to remember, like, where I was when we started, and I just get, like, kind of emotional thinking about it, because I really come, like, so far, but I remember just, I had a really huge problem with overeating, and, like, food would be in front of me, and I was like, I have to eat this, like, regardless of what my body was telling me, um, I really didn't have any sense of 
like hunger cues or cues when I was full. Mm -hmm. So that turned into a lot of like overeating and then being uncomfortable and um, just not listening to my body. I I remember the first time that you said something about that. I was like, what is this chick talking about? Like (laughs) what? My body can like tell me these things. Like, and so that was something that I've really focused on. Um, I kind of equate like honoring my body through food and to mean listening to it and listening to the things that it's telling me. And when you realize that it is telling you things, um, you really start to fall into um, this ability to feed yourself things that will make your body feel good. And so for me, that's me, that's meant taking out certain foods that every time I eat them, I have a stomach ache. I'm like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Recognizing that pattern and realizing maybe if I didn't eat that food, I wouldn't have a stomach ache, you know, things like that. Um, with movement, um, for me, I'm really prone to injury. I've had three surgeries, um, and I'm only 22. So that is, you know, not great. But, um, (laughs) one of the things that honoring my body through movement has meant to me is again, listening to it, um, in terms of pain. So I know your first podcast, you talked about moving through pain and that is something you and I have had a lot of conversations about, um, where I'll get to the gym and I'll want to do this move that you've written for me. And, I can't do it. You know, it's, it's too painful for me. Mm-hmm. And before we started working together, I would take that pain as a sign of like weakness. Like, Oh, I just need to keep going. I just need to get through my sets and it'll be fine. And you were the first person who was like, no, when you are in pain, that means you should stop it until you figure out why you're in pain. Yeah. Maybe it's your form or maybe it's your body and it's not ready to do that move. Or maybe Your body's never going to be ready to do that move. I have, you know, pretty um, bad arthritis in both my knees. So some moves my body is just not going to do um, in the same way that others will. And I think that honoring my body through movement just means to me knowing its limits and knowing that it's okay that it has limits. Yes. And then um, self-love kind of encompasses both of those, I think. And just um, I remember, again, um, I think – in terms of self-love, it's kind of strange because you hear that it's something you're supposed to do, but then on the other hand, different aspects of society are telling you like everything you need to change about yourself, Mm -hmm. right? So there's these conflicting messages and I just always assumed self-love was something that was just going to happen to me. (laughs) But um, I think honoring my body through self-love really to me means kind of taking this like journey one day at a time. So recognizing that it's not something that it's not really a destination it is a journey and it's something that I deal with every day um and it's it's recognizing that and being compassionate towards yourself um and not having this expectation of yourself to love yourself a certain amount by a certain date but really taking that journey um one step at a time I love that you said showing yourself compassion um I think that is like the most ginormous way that we can show ourselves love. I, I, I think that, um, you know, when we talk about not dieting forever, something that I've been talking about for a while, like we don't have to diet, we can eat the foods that we love in moderation. And like, that just can be our life. It kind of like blows people's mind. They're like, uh, no, like I definitely have to diet to love myself. So when they start to change that story, of like, okay, I'm going to eat this bagel because I love bagels and I'm not going to see the bagel as I'm going to gain 20 pounds right now from eating this bagel, but I can just eat the bagel. 
um, and showing compassion to yourself in those moments when, you know, your diet mindset may come up and be like, whoa, 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 don't eat the bagel. It's going to go to your thighs and you're going to have to work out for hours. And you're, you know, in the meantime, like fighting that with, no, like I'm going to eat this because I've asked myself, you know, what will make me the most happy? What will satisfy me the most? And right now it may be a bagel showing yourself compassion in those moments. And then other times when everybody else is eating, you know, tacos and cake, you may really want a salad. And so showing yourself compassion for not being like everybody else at the same time. And I think that self-love, um, is, is so hard and so easy at the same time, but kind of understanding what showing yourself compassion means and looks like is, is just everything. Can you, do you have an example of something? I know this is kind of like putting you on the spot, but do you have a time like you can think of where you like really had to show yourself compassion for like something that, um, around food, around loving your body? Yeah. So I, um, remember kind of have two examples. So I really love vegetables like not I don't eat them because well I eat them because my body wants them yeah but (laughs) I really just enjoy the taste and I love salads and things like that and sometimes I'll go out to eat with friends and I'll have that exact same thing that you just talked about that those circumstances and everyone's like Emily like why are you getting a salad I'm like I truly just want one and sometimes it is hard in those social situations but I think the kind of I know this is um an idea that floats around a lot in um in the world, but it's the idea of like treating yourself how you would treat your best friend. So I think of my very best friend and when I kind of have those, um, uncompassionate thoughts or when I'm starting to talk negatively to myself, I've trained myself to stop and say, would you say this to her? Yeah. And the answer is every single time. Um, no, absolutely not. I would never say that to someone that I love. So then it's turning that back on yourself and saying, okay, then why are you saying it to yourself? And that's a really hard thing to do. Um, and the biggest thing that has been the case with me is when I, um, don't work out. Yeah. So I used to be someone six, seven days a week. I was in the gym. If I had only slept for about four and a half hours, I was still getting up early before class to go to the gym. If I had a cold or if I wasn't feeling my best, or if I was super, super sore from yesterday's workout, I was still in the gym because I could not miss a day. Like, the world was going to end. Yeah. And now, I don't have those feelings anymore because if my best friend were going to choose to skip a workout because she's only gotten five hours of sleep and she needs to take a nap, would I be the one saying to her, like, why aren't you going to the gym? Like, are you kidding right, me? Right, exactly. Well, not. So why, why are we saying things to ourselves when we're, we wouldn't ever say those to someone that we love. And I think that that is kind of what hit home for me um, because I'm someone who really thrives off of relationships with other people. So that was kind of the thing that I was like, oh my gosh, okay, I can treat myself how I would treat my best friends. And once that kind of shifted for me, I was able to really start practicing that compassion um, that I hope to show to other people. I was able to start practicing that with myself. Yeah, I I love that. And I think that that's a great way to begin um, showing yourself compassion is using that example of like, would you speak to your friend this way? Like, would you speak to somebody that you truly love and be like, what? You're not going to the gym, you fatty. Like, <laughs> but like yeah. we say those things to ourselves. We're like, you okay. suck. Go eat a cake ball instead. And we just get on this like self. I love cake balls. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> we just get on this self-destructive path, you know? So yeah. has there, was that kind of like the moment that things clicked for you? Because I know that's definitely not the mindset you, that you had coming into this. So was that it? Or like, what was a moment when you went, because I know that we had so many conversations on like, um, you know, you wanted to reach physical goals, but at that same time, like you were actually making a ton of um, emotional and mental, like you were like crushing it with those goals, but we kept focusing on like, why aren't I reaching the physical? And then at one point you just clicked, like, I feel like it was overnight. I remember you, you sent me so many beautiful emails where I'm like crying my eyes out. Um, <laughs> and so like, what was a moment that stood out to you? Like where, when was it that you stopped moving, eating and, you know, doing the acts of loving yourself because you wanted to achieve a body and you started to do it because you love your body? Man, that's a great question. Um, I think that realizing the self-compassion was a huge step Mm -hmm. in that for me. Um, And I think a lot of it kind of happened um, intermittently. So I can't really pinpoint one particular moment, but I just remember honestly not even knowing that that was a thing like not (laughs) understanding that I could work out and fuel my body well for a reason other than wanting to lose weight or for a reason other than wanting to look a certain way and um I fell in love with lifting weights and the feeling I got from really feeling strong and powerful um and I think once kind of that aspect of wanting to be strong and Mm -hmm. not necessarily wanting to be small, um, which is something that I, I've always wanted to, um, I had always wanted to feel paired with this idea of like self-compassion was really what, what hit home for me. Um, and then it became more of like, I want to feel strong. Like I do this because I want to feel strong mentally and physically, um, and emotionally, but also for me meant like loving where I was at, regardless of what that was physically, if that makes sense. Yes, that makes so much sense. I love that you you started with being small and how that changed for you. Um, I can completely relate to that. I feel like for so long, I just wanted to be small. Um, I wanted to be smaller and smaller and smaller until there was nothing. And even when I was small, I hated myself. And then when I got comfortable with you know, my legs are bigger, but now my presence is bigger and I take up more space in the room and I'm confident and like all of that plays into and together. And I think that's so powerful. And like, to me, that's what a strong chick is, is taking up space and being okay with your bigness in like the best way possible. Yeah. I love that. And that is something that really resonates with me. I mean, I'm five nine, so I'm not small by any means. And right. I always felt kind of like I was taking up too much space and then this idea of of strength and power and confidence and self-love and taking up space and how that is something that every single person deserves to do um, is something that I've really begun to embrace and um, so yeah exactly what you said um, and it's such a cool such a cool shift in mindset and just to see the way that it kind of transforms you once you realize um, how okay it is to take up space and to be who you are. Yes. Oh, that just like makes me have all the warm fuzzies and feel so <laughs> great. I mean, I truly feel like it's like the greatest F you middle finger rebellion 
um, like girls revolt against society is being okay with being big. And I, you know, while I love that so much, I feel like, you know, we are like the one percenters right now, um, that, that can kind of start getting into this, this movement and the feeling of being okay of not being small. You know, we've been told that we, we have to be small. And so now we're like just feeling okay with like being bigger, not just physically, but you know, your confidence, everything, like it can take up space. And then it like at the same time, it makes me so sad for all of the women who still feel like they need to become so small. Um, so I just think like women like you sharing your story, like you're doing now, letting people know that like you can go from 22 emails trying to figure things out <laughs> to, <laughs> to being okay with who you are. I think that's, I think that's amazing. Um, can you lay down some truth for us and tell us what is what was most challenging about self-love? Because I feel like, like you said, a lot of people think it's rainbows and butterflies. I know people roll my eyes reading my posts sometimes, or they roll their eyes. I don't roll my eyes. Um, reading posts on self-love, and they think, like, oh, that's not achievable. So did you have any moments where you're just like, that's great. You know, she loves herself, or other people love themselves. Like, that's just not in the cards for me. Like, when was a really hard experience, and how did you, how did you handle that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I still have hard days. Like I said earlier, it's definitely a day-by-day process, and it's a journey that I don't really think ever ends because, you know, I've spent 21 years of my life being told by by society and by, like, cultural messaging that you're not supposed to love yourself, right? Like, you buy makeup to look different because you have to cover up the things that are wrong with you and you buy diet programs or you don't eat certain things because you're not supposed to be happy with your body. And so I think that undoing those things that we're told takes so much time and, and a lot of hard work. And so there are days where, you know, I still don't feel like a hundred percent. I love myself all the time every day, but I don't think that that's really realistic. Um, so I definitely was, in a place where I was like, that's not happening. And I remember, you know, seeing women talk about it and thinking like, oh, well, it's easy to love yourself when you look like that. Or like, Mm -hmm. once I look like her, yeah, I would, of course, practice self-love every day, right? But I think that um, one of the times when I was really first starting out with you um, and my goals were still pretty much physical goals, Mm -hmm. um, I was doing a lot of work on self-love and not really feeling like I was making progress. Little did I know I was like making huge progress. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you were. I wasn't making, I didn't, you know, lose the 10 pounds I wanted to lose in my first month. First of all, that wasn't a realistic goal for me. I had just had a hip surgery, right? So yeah. Um, but I remember just being so frustrated in those first couple months, like, why isn't this working? And I can't, I remember that better about myself. Yeah, I was so frustrated, but I think, um, you just served as like such a huge source of encouragement and, and inspiration and constantly saying like you are making progress, like the way your emails to me are changing. And like, I see that you are starting to like love and accept yourself more. And even when I couldn't see that, knowing that you saw it, I think was what kept me continuing with the program and continuing to, to really work on that. Um, but those frustrating days happen. So 
like to women out there who are feeling that way like yeah you know like last week I had a day that wasn't so great and I was like ah feeling down on myself but one of the things that I think you learn and when you're able to show yourself that self-compassion is this day will pass like I've had these days before where I haven't been feeling my best and Mm -hmm. they've passed and the next day I've had a great day so knowing that it is a journey and you know if you have eight great days and then one bad one that's okay it doesn't mean you're back to square one it just means that you're on the journey with the rest of us yes I I I love everything you just said and I think that you know what I got from that um is that self-love comes in waves and um it's not like you said it self-love is the journey like there is no destination there is no body type that's going to unlock self-love it's a it's an everyday choice it's everyday you know acknowledging the feelings and emotions that arise in your body and just like you said showing them compassion um and then just allowing yourself to constantly hold on to and remember uh that it's it's full of waves like you will have three five ten twenty great days and then one day you may wake up and feel like a beached whale and 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 yeah, and and I still have those days too. Like there last week, I felt on fire, <laughs> and maybe it's because I had really one of. You, do you know those like really shitty mirrors that are like five dollars that are like the long skinny ones? Yes. That make you look like you have abs, like no matter what you look like. Yep. Yeah. So I had one of those, and I still hadn't gotten rid of it. And so I'm like, yes, fire! You are Beyonce, slay! Like I was feeling it. And then I woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, when did you become a beach whale overnight? Like, and then I just like found myself like picking apart and picking apart and picking apart. And like the thing that brings you back is knowing just, I love what you said, um, that this day will pass because growing up, my dad always said this too shall pass. And mm-hmm. when you're in it, I'm like, dad, you know, some boy just called me a loser. No, this, it, it'll never pass. Um, And that's how I feel like people are in it now. Like you're having these days where you don't feel like you love yourself, but knowing that it will pass and self-love comes in waves. And I think that holding on to that, knowing that it's not a golden trophy, that every day is the journey. Um, Because I see you continuously progressing um, and, and all the women in Strong Chicks Rock. I mean, that's what it is. It's and I remember, I remember that string of emails with you being like really down and I'm like, but I see it. Like your emails are getting better. And each week, I remember typing that each week, not that your emails were getting better, but like I saw a change in your mindset each week. Like even if you were like, you know what, this happened, you would have like a list of five or six things of great things that happened. And that was a choice on your end to, to find those good things and to roll with it. So Oh, like I already cried once during this when you were speaking because it just like makes me so happy and not even just proud as a coach, but proud, honored as like another woman to see your growth. And and I think that as women, when we can see another woman's beauty and growth and not question our own is like the most beautiful thing that we can do. And I think that's what I've loved most about having you as a part of Strong Chicks Rock is that you've been able to see the beauty in other women and help them see that in themselves. And I'm crying. (laughs) I can't help it. I can't help it. I just can't help it. Um, 
Okay, moving on to the last little bit here so I can let you go, but I have a couple questions. So real quick, just so people get more of a background of you, um, did you grow up being taught what it meant to love yourself? And this is no shade to your parents. I don't think there's a guidebook on like teach your daughter how to love themselves. Like I know that we all want that for our kids, but like, did you feel like you knew what that meant and that you loved yourself growing up? I definitely didn't know what it meant. Um, And I think... I think that self-love has really just recently become a part of, like, an appropriate conversation for women to have. Yes. I think it's just now starting to become something where people are like, wait, okay, I'm supposed to do this, but how? Yeah. And um, so I don't remember – I remember things like, you know, your best is good enough and, you know, kind of phrases like that, but, but never, like, here is how – to kind of rewire your brain to tell yourself that you can love yourself. And I think that, honestly, it has to be, like, some rewiring and and rethinking of all the other things that we're told by by society. So, no, I definitely didn't know what it meant before um, or really practically how to do it before working with you. So, um, last question for the day. How are some ways that you have practiced self-love um, that have really helped you? And then what do you think, you know, would help other women who are just like, they're on the grasp of like, yes, I want to love myself, but I don't feel worthy. I don't feel like happy in my body. I want to lose weight. You know, they're stuck in that mindset of my body needs to change before I can love myself. So how, what would you say to those people? Like realistically, like what are ways that have worked for you? What would you share with other women? I think the most um, concrete way was really trying to think about um, my self-talk as I was talking to a friend. And I know I talked about that a lot in this podcast already, but I think that was the biggest thing for me is um, I always want to treat other people with kindness, especially, you know, my friends and the people that are closest to me. And so when I was able to act like what I was saying to myself, I was saying to my best friend Mm -hmm. and realized holy crap, Emily, like you would never say that to her. Yeah. And then say, okay, so why would I say it to myself and really try to justify that? And I, you couldn't think of a reason, you know, like I I don't have a reason that I would talk to myself that way if I wouldn't talk to someone that I love that way. So I think that was kind of the first thing that really helped me. Um, and then throughout the past year and a half, I've used, um, yoga and, some like meditation um and I've used mantras like self-love mantras that you've taught me um and taught you know you've given out to um the SCR group um and I remember again thinking like there is no way I'm saying that Mm -hmm. to myself every morning like that's crazy I'm not doing that whatever but um you know the things that you repeat to yourself over and over again those those do change your mindset, honestly. Um, I am so glad to have been proven wrong. So I use um, those, but I think starting out as concrete as you can get and just kind of trying to say, like challenge that, like why am I talking to myself that way? Come up with a reason and you won't be able to because you don't deserve to be talking to yourself that way. So I think it's making yourself stop and really think critically about what you're doing and try to find a reason why you should be doing that. And, um, you know, chances are you won't be able to. So kind of trying to stop that negativity in its tracks. 
Yeah, I, I love that. And I love what you said about the mantras because I felt the same way too. I, I remember growing up, my Nana would be like, if you're sad, go meditate in the closet. And I'm like, bitch, are you crazy? <laughs> like, what? What? I mean, like, we get so consumed with, like, this reality that we've created in our heads that, like, we're horrible, we're ugly, we're not worthy, we're not enough. And so then to be like, go repeat this mantra to yourself and uh, you're going to love yourself. And real quick for people who don't know, so mantras are something I use within Strong Chicks Rock. Um it's mantras, positive affirmations, words that you repeat over and over again to yourself to kind of change the dialogue and the mindset that you have going on in our head. I know, and I've talked about this a lot. My dad actually told me today to stop talking about this because it's kind of still like ingraining the story. But I used to tell myself that I wasn't smart and that I was stupid. Um, and so growing up, I just kind of held that with me. Like, I'm stupid. I'm not smart. I shouldn't raise my hand. I don't know enough. And even through Strong Chicks Rock, I'm like, oh, what do I know? Like, there are other smarter trainers. Um, and it wasn't until I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to decide to do these mantras. And I was like, I am smart and powerful. And there, you know, at first we kind of say, like, I I'm, I'm kind of smart and powerful. Like, I don't know about you, Emily, but, like, I didn't say it with a lot of conviction when I first started to use mantras. Did you? Oh, no. I wouldn't even say them out loud. <laughs> I was just like think them to myself. I'd be like, you're okay. Like you're loved and you're okay. And I would just think it in my head. I'm like, I sound crazy. Like I don't even, <laughs> this sounds absolutely insane, but it's truly, I mean, it just goes to show you. And I, if you think about it, like it makes sense. The things we're told about ourselves by society is that we're not good enough and we're not pretty enough and mm -hmm. we're not thin enough. And that's what we believe. So then, okay. If you think about it in the reverse way, if you choose to tell yourself, the opposite of those things and surround yourself with people who tell you the opposite of those things, then that's what you're going to start to believe. It, it's so true. And I feel like we're almost a little bit resistant to start to make that active choice, like to know that you have the power to rechange your mindset. It's almost easier to stay in like that victim mindset of like, I'm not enough, I'm not good enough. And so to know that we can, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, if you go sit down right now and tell yourself that you're enough, that you're automatically going to feel enough in five seconds. But it, you know, we've spent 10, 20, 30 years telling ourselves how horrible we are. And now we're just, you know, whatever point, like maybe listening to this podcast or maybe tomorrow or maybe in a week, you're going to decide that like now is the time to change that. So it's going to take more than one practice of meditation or mantras to change that. But I think mantras repeating to yourself um, is a, is a really amazing way that just like that you can take the power right now you don't need to buy anything you don't need any special self-love books you don't need anything like you can do it right now um emily what is a mantra that has been really powerful to you that spoke to you that like you've come back to oh that's a good one i really do change them based on like how i'm feeling and the like the negative feelings i'm trying to combat but mm -hmm. um i think one of the things is like just saying like I deserve happiness and I deserve love are two things that, yeah. um, you know, when I would be upset with myself for not eating the way I wanted to or not working out for, you know, two days in a row, I didn't feel those things. And I felt like, you know, my self-worth depended on how much I was working out or things like that. And so to be able to just tell myself, even though I didn't believe it. And honestly, like, for the first probably good month, month and a half, I didn't believe them when I was saying them. Um, but just continuing to say it anyway, um, just really has helped me 
grow and um, remind myself that I am absolutely worthy of love, and so is every single person. And um, when I'm having just a really bad day or really upset about something, not even health or fitness related at all, I just repeat to myself, like, you are okay. You are going to be okay. Uh, um, yes. And that's something I think that can be used. And it, I, I know when I first started, like, even the word mantra, I was like, that sounds like some hippie shit, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> it does. But it's just like a phrase. So if, like, the word mantra is what freaks you out, just call it a phrase, you know? Uh, but I love that makes yes. you feel okay. And to me, sometimes that was just truly saying to myself, like, you are okay. I thank you for dropping some like serious, awesome advice on people. You know, like even when you know something and you hear it from somebody else and it kind of clicks with you, I love, like, I feel like when I talk about mantras and the moon and magic, people are like, what the hell are you? Like, <laughs> what are you going to help me like lose weight? Or are you going to cast a spell on me? <laughs> And, um, (laughs) so I love the simple, like, change of the words, um, mantra into phrase. Yeah, if you're not down with the word mantra, like, if you feel like you're, you know, turning into a hippie who's, you know, going to go sit in the flowers, you can use phrase, and that's totally fine. And I, I love, um, my favorite mantra positive affirmation that I come back to is, I am okay. And I wouldn't say it's the most powerful mantra that I've used. Like when I say like, I am a powerful woman, like I am kind and powerful. I use that one a lot, but I am okay is something that I shared in the, um, a six week challenge that I did with the, um, SCR members over the summer and reassuring myself that I am okay. Like when I wrote it, so I told all the girls what a mantra was and Emily, do you remember that when I, when we went through that? Yeah, and I and I wrote it like I am okay, and I just wanted to start them off with something small, like I am okay, I am okay, and then I went through a really uh, big like emotional thing over the summer, and I just remember bawling my eyes out in the car, being like I am okay, I am okay, I am okay, and it was the quickest that I have ever transitioned from like victim tearing myself apart into feeling more in the flow of my power. So I love that I am okay too so much um okay this is really the last question and then i'm gonna let you go let's talk about christmas wait do you celebrate christmas yes yeah okay good because i don't i don't even know what to say like i never want to offend anybody but okay i'm glad you celebrate christmas if but if you didn't i would totally respect that (laughs) um so christmas are you gonna have guilt around food around christmas what how do you feel going into it I feel really excited. Um, Christmas is a really special time for me and my family. Um, I have two older sisters, um, and we and my mom and my dad don't really get to see each other all together very often, um, just because we're kind of scattered across the country. But the five of us are all going to be together, and I'm going to enjoy the food that we make, and we're going to make Christmas cookies together next week when I get home. and. I'm going to eat some Christmas cookies and I am not going to have guilt, which is another thing that has really changed. Um, and it's because I know what's important to me and I know that I don't eat Christmas cookies every day because that's not what makes me feel good. But next week when I'm home with my sisters and my mom and my dad and we're sitting around our fireplace watching Elf eating Christmas cookies, like that's an experience that I want to have. So I'm going to have it. Um, and I went through this on Thanksgiving too. There were foods that on Thanksgiving really 
I really care about and there are foods that I can live without and that's kind of what I've changed my mindset to be instead of like this is the only time like I have to eat all of this first of all you can actually make Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate you can make those foods anytime you want which you know was mind-blowing to me (laughs) (laughs) and I was like oh I guess I could yeah Um, turkey in January like before I had just been like this is the only time like once a year I have to eat it all right now that's not the case um but just knowing like what really matters to me um and what foods like are part of an experience that I want to have and what foods I can like really live without um so that's kind of how I how I think about holidays or like special occasions things like that I love that. I am so excited for you to eat your Christmas cookies and watch Elf. Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? Um, <laughs> and do all of the things. So thank you so much for hopping onto this podcast with me. I don't. You guys didn't hear it because I didn't record it, but I was really nervous before we started this because Emily was actually my first guest. Um, and I think this went really well. So if I do say so myself, um, (laughs) so thank you, Emily, for coming on and sharing your journey. I know that your journey has meant so much to me and not just because I've been your coach, but because I've been your friend and I, uh, love seeing another woman grow and come into her power and herself. So thank you for being on today. Thank you for having me, Rachel. You are welcome. All right, guys, that is it for episode three, but come back next week. I am not going to share who's on the podcast yet, so you'll just have to come back.